guidance and directives for my life. It's not like I didn't know it was, you know, oh, I didn't know it was wrong. I knew it. Anybody tells you, oh, you know, it just happened. It was, a, you know, we just came together. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You made it happen. It might have been subtle, might have been a little covert, but you made it happen and it wasn't a mistake. Um, and I knew that. And it, man, it just pierced my heart and broke me in that moment. Wow. Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller, and I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment, and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Authentic Conversations. I have with me today, Mark Goblowski. Uh, that was a challenge, and the fact that I got through that means everything else is gonna be good from this point forward. Um, as with many of my guests, Mark and I met uh, through social media, uh, through uh, a network that we are a part of, and it's always wonderful to be able to do that. As you guys know, in so many of the conversations that I've been having uh, with the guys that I've been talking to, particularly through a lot of the networks of my mastermind, uh, they have just produced such rich conversations around manhood, uh, which is what I'm trying to do. Just really trying to help reclaim the idea of what it means to be a man, uh, gaining perspective from different people on what that is, and then how we go apply that to our lives. Uh, that's clearly a challenge for many people today. Even defining uh, the term man uh, is... Uh, has become a mystery uh, to some. And uh, so it's just great to be able to have those conversations. Uh, Mark is a husband. He's a father. He's a career martial artist, which I just love that. And I'm sure we'll talk about that for a minute as we get going. But for now, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me, man. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Ryan. <laughs> All right. So you get the same, uh, version of a question that I ask every single one of the guys that's been on the podcast for this season. Uh, and so here we go. Uh, for you specifically, you personally, how would you define manhood and or masculinity? Can it be short and sweet? Could be whatever you want. This is, this is, <laughs> this is your answer. <laughs> All right. Um, this is a definition that I came upon actually in the last year. And I, I would have defined it differently before, but a man is somebody who brings order out of chaos in all aspects of his life, whether it's home with the children, uh, business, whether it's my work environment, whatever it is, I'm there to bring order out of chaos and make it a better place. Hmm. Okay. So now I can't not ask this question. So what was the change? What was the transformation? What was it that brought you to a place of, uh, of defining it that way, which on one hand is very simplistic, but at the same time is extremely complex. So what, what kind of led you to that place? Well, to me, it, it it simplified it in my mind and my mind is simple. So I need simple things. Otherwise, you know, things get too complicated. It's, um, it's not always easy to track everything in every direction. And, uh, which is why a lot of men are out of sorts these days. Um, so for me, it was a very clean, 
uh, and very capable uh, description that my mind could wrap itself around and go, hey, um, when I'm teaching classes and I have 20 kids out here, my job is to bring order out of chaos. Mm. I'm, I'm here to help them to bring order out of chaos in their lives, which is their little brains are, you know, like frantically moving all the time and they're full of energy because they're growing. Uh, and, and at home, um, you know, for me, it's, it's the order out of, it's not necessarily chaos, but two different people, husband and wife, we don't always think the same. And even if we're aligned pretty much in most of our goals, we still have different ways of going out, going about and achieving them. And so for, to bring order out of these, this man, masculine, feminine, uh, energy in the home and try to bring order out of that. And, you know, we have grandchildren. Our, my goal is to help bring order into their life out of the chaos of growing up. And um, so, yes, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's super simple, but it's yet it's broad. But for me, it just, it made it easier for me to look at everything in my life, my business, everything and go, where is their chaos and how can I bring order into that? Yeah. So uh, I, I think that um, people that have any kind of familiarity with martial arts of which I have a small, small fraction of familiarity, um, never participated in it myself, just uh, obviously just observed other people doing it, but uh, it, it makes sense that you would leverage something like that um, to, to create order, to create structure. So Tell me how how that process works because I think that a lot of the conversations that, that I've been having with guys, we're talking about these concepts and we are talking about some practical ways to step through them. But I think that because of the business that you're involved in, um, that you run, uh, you have a way to create really good structure that can that even if somebody doesn't participate in martial arts, they could follow so well. So what does that structure look like? Cause I've got to assume that for the young kids, you're just trying to create a foundation for them, but maybe for some other people that are coming from, we'll keep using this word maybe, but like from a chaotic environment, from a broken home, from a challenging, you know, school setting, whatever um, you're, you're trying to create that same structure for them. So, so what does that process look like? Um, for me, it's always coming back to like, what, what are the, the values, the, the most important things, say, in my life? Um, now, let's take kids, you know, and teaching them uh, martial arts. The, the martial arts is a vehicle for me to communicate to them how to think better. Mm -hmm. Right. It's high speed problem solving, certainly when it's a self-defense situation, like there's no time to think you have to trust your training. Um, But to help a person to be able to figure out what the noise is. And then push that away and then focus in on what things are most important. Mm. So, for instance, there's a lot of noise um, in television. And just just the advertising aspect of it, like mm-hmm. the commercials that are we're being hammered with. And it doesn't matter whether we're on social media or TV or print magazine or whatever. Uh, somebody's trying to take our mind and our eyes off of what we're doing and put put it onto what they're doing, which is yeah. 
buy my product. I get it. I sell a product. I have a martial arts school. You know, I write a lot. I like people to read what I write. Um, but I think that if you're, for, for me, if what I'm doing is edifying that person and making their life easier, um, meaning I'm getting the, uh, the unnecessary challenges out of it, because an easy life is not a good life. Mm. You need challenges to grow. But there's, you know, the distraction with kids of um, do I fit in with this group and will that person like me and all these external factors that we're spending a lot of time on. I mean, at least when I was a kid, I did it. It seems like kids in the year 2022 have even more, mm-hmm. more distractions. So to prioritize and know what your priorities are and then, and, and to help them discover that for themselves. Cause mm. everybody, I, every student I've ever had is different than me. And over time, I might guide their thinking into some similar ways. They're mm-hmm. never going to be the same. And as a parent with our kids, we it's the same situation. The only thing we can hope to do is to um, add to their life in a positive way and not add too much in a negative way. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, no, no. I think it's helpful um, because I appreciate you saying, you know, that the students you have are different from you. And I'm sure, you know, as you alluded to, you know, there's similarities there in certain things, but I think it's really important as we, whether we're teaching or whether we're learning, um, that we recognize that, um, I'll say it from the learning side of things, because there's people out there that are listening right now and and they're thinking of themselves, like, how do I gain better structure? How do I, you know, become more disciplined? How do I become a better husband, a better father? And so it's very easy for people to, to read a book, uh, to watch a video, to follow their favorite influencer and just automatically say, if I just do the things that they've done, I'll be able to produce the same results that they have. And I understand what they're trying to do, but that can't be farther from the truth if we really are as different as we say we are. So how do you, how do you balance um, the, I'll call it the very disciplined structure of, no, this is the way you approach the setting. This is the way you perform a certain movement. Um, but at the same time, giving them the autonomy to grow into it and to do it, I guess I'll say their own way without breaking from how they're supposed to do it. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's an excellent point. Um, you want to honor you know, the integrity of what you're doing mm-hmm. and teaching and sharing with people, but at the same time, there, there, there has to be a little flexibility in there for them to express themselves at the same time. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Proverbs. Do you mind? No, go for it. All right. Love it. So raise your child, raise a child in the way they should go. And when they're older, they will not depart. Right. So that's one. Um, And there's other ones in there about discipline, too. But if I'm supposed to raise that child in the way he or she should go, and we can say students, we can say employees, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, 
I have to not just have my own way of thinking, but I've got to be looking at them as an, as that individual. And the only way for me to find out what is significant to Ryan Miller is, well, I can listen to his podcast. I can read what he writes um, or I can talk to him. And I've found the best way is to get in there and actually have a conversation with people and have a conversation with your kid that lets them, well, they're going to tell you who they are in one way or another. It's just, are we paying attention enough and are we in the moment enough to hear what they're saying? Yeah. And that's difficult to do because our agenda is my child needs to be, uh, uh, obey the rules. Right. Mm -hmm. But I don't want him to obey the rules. If somebody bad is teaching him that these are the rules. Yeah. Right. Um, so um, having them express themselves to us with what it is that's significant in their heart, because, you know, these seeds are planted by our creator. And I might think I know what my son Josh wants and I might think what I know is best for him. But if one day he tells me he wants to be a violinist and like this is in his heart, and he really wants to do it. I got to. Like, I got to honor that. So having yeah. conversations and listening, but being present enough, setting our agenda aside long enough so I can actually hear mm -hmm. what they're saying and what they're telling me about their own soul. Mm -hmm. Right. That special part of us that God created to kind of grow and change as we as we live our lives. Mm -hmm. um, so a big thing is listening, actually listening and asking probative, you know, curious questions. Yeah. Um, so they get a chance to say what's on their mind. And, and how do you, I mean, I can probably assume the answer to this question, but how do you maintain the balance between letting your child or your students um, express themselves, uh, seek out after what's in their heart? Um, but how do you balance that with, um, no, ultimately, this is the right way to do it. And so I do have to kind of squash your, you know, your hope or your dream, or I have to push a little bit harder to direct you in a different way. Yeah, great point. Um, <clears throat> so if I was to ask Ryan Miller, you know, uh, 10 years ago, were you expressing your life in some way? <laughs> and you would say, yeah, I was not, not, right. not, not always proudly, but yes, I was. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm in the same boat. We're, we're paddling in the same boat, dude. Yeah. Um, so to be able to look at things in our own heart and have maybe worked through some of the stuff that we've lived through that maybe got us misguided at a a certain point in our lives. You know, for instance, when I was growing up, my father was fond of telling me, you aren't worth the powder to blow you to hell. Mm. So, and he didn't say it once. And he didn't say it a dozen times. He said it year after year after year. So there was a point in my mind where I, I was like, well, maybe I'm not worth the powder to blow me to hell. And so I started to believe that about myself. And then guess what followed? What follows our thoughts? It's either words or actions or both. 
And, um, you know, what I think I can't hide, it's going to come out. If I think it enough, it's going to yeah. come out. Um, and, and it did for me. And the behaviors that I displayed were um, things I'm not proud of. Mm. Uh, abusing alcohol, abusing drugs, uh, mishandling my, my time. Uh, I dare say abuse women. I don't mean physically, but I mean taking advantage of them sexually, you know, like for my own gratification. So there was things that I played out in my life, but it, they, it was coming from a really, really, really bad place in me. Mm. And it took me a number of years once I was older, like I'm start, I'm talking starting in the second half of my thirties where I took the time to work that stuff out in me. And it took a long time and it took a lot of, um, I'm not going to say blood, but it sure took some sweat, sweaty mm -hmm. palms and, and plenty of tears because once I came to the realization, not of what my father thought of me, at least my, my earthly father, but like how disappointing maybe I had been to myself, mm -hmm. you know, and realizing, man, you've sold yourself short, Mark, and in a big way. And in the process, you hurt, you hurt some people along the way. So I had to work through that stuff. And there's stuff that, you know, in a six-year-old, they've got to learn through working through, you know, just my impulse to just get my way 100% of the time. And I'll, mm -hmm. you know, my negotiating tactics, tactics include screaming, yelling, crying, stomping my feet, throwing <laughs> toys, you know, whatever. So, you know, we need to help guide a six-year-old or a 16-year-old or whatever out of those bad behaviors that we kind of are inclined to do no matter who we are or how we grew up, yeah. we're always trying to get our way. Um, so I couldn't, but I can't, I can't help people. You can only, you can only help people so far as you've come yourself. Mm -hmm. So I, as much as I wanted to help people, and I think I was by teaching martial arts, it wasn't the best version of myself. And it took time for me to work that out. So be able to work that out in a kid, whether they're six or 16 in the martial arts or they're my child at home. And we've got to exercise a little wisdom and wisdom is really um, experience remembered, but it's also been examined. Like my life experiences, I can remember them. Every, I mean, we remember lots of things, but did I examine it? And did I search for the gold in it? Um, like a way for me to make my life and the lives of others better as a result of my choices in the past that I've now worked through. And now I'm a different person because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was so much wisdom in what you said. I think one of the things that really stood out to me, um, two things, I'll come back to the first one, but the second thing that you said, which just was just recently was around um, wisdom and experience. And I think that there is this mistake that a lot of people are making right now that is more about uh, information consumption. Uh, they're trying to, you know, if, if I can just learn it all, then I'm an expert in it. And then people are abusing that and then trying to become teachers, uh, coaches, whatever, because they simply went through a class or a course or something like that. And I think it is so important that as we are seeking out 
people to influence us, to guide us, to lead us, to hold us accountable, to support us. There's a lot of characteristics that are important to consider, but I think one of the big ones is experience and um, the appropriate or proper exercising of wisdom. Um, I just think that there is a lack of that in society today, because again, everybody's just everybody's got something to say and and we're trying to take you know as much of it in as possible and i think we just miss um, the opportunity to hear the good stuff because there's just so much noise out there so i really loved the way that you articulated that um there was one thing you said though that i'm interested to hear so it sounded like you had this moment or season of life that woke you up to the idea that i am not the man I believe I am based upon what your dad and, you know, and other influences kind of uh, gave to you. So what was that catalyst for you that, that woke you up? I'm going to give two because they were in the same season. <clears throat> the first thing was I just wasn't happy. Like, it, and it didn't matter, you know, um, how much alcohol I consumed or how many drugs I consumed or how many, how much alcohol and drugs I consumed together. And it didn't matter. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be a little crass, but it didn't matter how many women I slept with mm. either. And I thought all this stuff was making me happy. Um, I success in business. I, I, I had grown my school. I had, I literally was in the top 1% of the entire country, probably the world, um, in terms of just sheer size of number of students. Again, I wasn't happy. And so that led me to, to that little bit of self-examination going, hey, man, you think you're happy, but you're not really happy. None of this has really made you happy. There's something missing. Um, so that that kind of set me off. The other thing I, was nothing short of a spiritual experience that I had. Um I was getting ready for the day, you know, shaving, showering, et cetera. And I was listening to a uh, a radio program by a Bible teacher named J. Vernon McGee. Seriously old school. Seriously. It's great. Um, And this particular message he was preaching on was divorce. Now, I had been married and divorced one time. At this point, and as he's teaching about divorce in the church, he got to the point where he said the only circumstance under which God will it is okay with divorce is infidelity, and um, it's in the New Testament, and I I can't remember the the verse or even the book at the moment, but I did look it up later. That's not important. When I heard that, I was walking out of the bathroom and I came to a cold, hard stop, just complete stop. And when those words hit my soul, I literally dropped to my knees from this immense weight that I felt on my shoulders. Like it was, it was crushing Ryan. It was just literally driving me down to the ground. I couldn't stand up. 
because in that moment, I realized like I was that person. I was that guy. I was that guy that gave a woman, a good woman, an exit card with a pass from God because of my behavior. Mm. And I literally crawled to my bedroom. I could not get my feet under me and stand up. And I wept and I pulled myself up into my bed. I I know I'm making it sound dramatic, but I'm just telling you what it felt like. Like it was, it, it in, it infiltrated every soul in my body or cell in my body. It Mm. penetrated my soul. It was in my marrow. It was everywhere. Guilty as charged. And I crawled up in that bed and I laid in like a, you know, the fetal position and I just cried and I cried and I wept um, probably for 20 minutes. Just coming to terms with who I had been Mm. and the pain I had caused. And how I had violated God's guidance and directives for my life. It's not like I didn't know it was, you know, oh, I didn't know it was wrong. I knew it. Anybody tells you, oh, you know, it just happened. It was, you know, we just came together. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You made it happen. It might have been subtle. Might have been a little covert, but you made it happen, and it wasn't a mistake. Um, and I knew that, and it, man, it just pierced my heart and broke me in that moment. Wow. How do you? How did you begin to recover from that? Because, again, like, I mean, that is just one of the most devastating examples, obviously, of you know, of the realization of who you are or what you've done, but you know, we all live with some bit of shame or guilt for something we've done for a relationship. Um, I think guys do a terrible, terrible job of dealing with guilt and shame because they hide it for fear of looking weak. Um, But then also uh, when they start to feel it, sometimes then their natural reaction is just to, um, Uh, lash out in anger, in rage as a way to kind of mask it. So it just continues to make it worse. Or maybe they self-medicate, which obviously you said you were doing too. And I was there at many points in my life. So how do you, how do you begin to, to turn from that? I mean, you're just clearly you, you know, you're not happy. You feel, you, you, you hear from God through this word that you're not in a good place that you need to, for lack of a better word, get your shit together. Uh, I don't think God would say that, but I did. Um, And so what are those next few steps of that season look like? Okay. So I didn't know what was happening in the moment. Hmm. I mean, I, I could, I, I had this experience and I could feel all of this and I felt the guilt and I felt the conviction I felt shame too, but that's not from God. That's always from the devil. Um, And so not too long after that, I was visiting a friend who was a very strong Christian. He actually brought me to Christ and I told him what happened. And he said, Mark, you were being crushed by the weight of your sin. 
And I was like, oh, you know, and then that like then it's the epiphany, like your your intellect now understands what happened. Um, And then at that point, it was just. Getting the Bible, you know, for me, it was and it was just listening to more and more and more Christian teaching. It was connecting more and more with my Christian friends and good men who may have never done what I done. Like they had, you know what I mean? Like I, I have friends, they've never ever cheated on their spouse. Um, but I got around them and I wasn't going to let myself feel shame and disconnection because I know that was my only way through this was to get connected and get plugged in to as many sources of God, the Holy spirit, education, whatever. And Stay plugged in. You know, you can have you can have an awesome Vitamix on your counter that can provide you with awesome smoothies. But if you don't plug it into the juice, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think our I think as men, we are experts at remaining unplugged to the things that we really need to be plugged in that could really move the needle in our life from a place of truth. And it's scary. And I don't want to feel stupid and I don't want to feel weak. But the truth is I was stupid and I'm weak. And I don't want to use terms like stupid, but, you know, clearly I, there was something missing, you know, like, was was it a piece of character? Was it a piece of intellect? I would say it was character, Um, you know, and I would say it was much woundedness, Mm. much from my father, you know, my father told me, um, and this was, I've got story after story that would just like, just make the hair on the back of your neck stand up, the things that came out of his mouth. Hmm. But he once told me, he says, you know what? If you're not getting any at home, you're entitled to get it anywhere you want. Hmm. You know, and to tell your son, like your teenage son, something like that, it was so, it was such a distortion of manhood. Yeah. And it was such a distortion of being a father and it was a distortion of being a husband. Mm-hmm. And it was a brutal distortion. It wasn't like, you know, it was, the line was a little skewed. It was like, no, take a 90 degree turn and go that way. Yep. Yep. Stop doing good things. Just go do bad things. That's okay. Because you know what? Things aren't going your way. So go indulge yourself anywhere you can find it with whatever you can find. Yep. So well, I think what's what's great, especially the the way you tied it kind of to the end there, is that we we as guys have a lot of, and I'm going to say up front, this is not an excuse, but we have a lot of bad and negative influence on us. Sometimes that's you know parental, you know our own fathers. Uh, sometimes that's friends. That's society at large. There are just so many things that are attempting to, and at times successfully teaching us all the wrong ways to be a man, all the wrong ways to be a husband, all the wrong ways to be a father, all the wrong ways to lead a business. And so I think that we first do have to acknowledge that we are being fed a lot of really poor information, which means 
as you did by way of being broken. And I know a lot of guys are on the verge right now of breaking is you have to go find the truth. And for all of the ways that I'm very gracious and how I talk about my faith, this is one area where I say, ultimately you will not find the truth outside of God and his word. There is just no other way that you will find the ultimate truth. Any other truth that you attempt to find will be some false sense of the truth that God has given to us all. So that's number one. And I think that that's just been perfectly painted in your own story, but we hear story after story about that being the case. So I think that that's really important is going to the source of the truth. But then I think the second thing, and I think then where a lot of guys struggle more is we know we're not, um, we're not doing the right things. We can feel it, right? I mean, when, when someone says like, you know, when you're not getting any at home, go get it somewhere else. That may sound cool uh, when you're in a crowd of guys that all kind of think the same way, but deep down, most people know that's not the right thing to do. Um, and so we need to stop buying into the excuse and start taking action towards what's right too. So, and, and I think that again, you articulated that well, again, it took a season of brokenness. It took a real moment of complete brokenness, but then you said you went and sought it out. You went and surrounded yourself with men, just like I know you are today, right? Today, you surround yourself with people that are going to continue to support you on. This goes all the way back to what we talked about in the beginning. They want Mark to be the best version of Mark he possibly can for you to continue at your age now to achieve your hopes and dreams and to flourish and to find joy in who you are and all that you do. But at the same time, they're going to they're going to help you maintain the guidelines of what you and they know to be true and right. And I think that that is so important that we have that framework and that we have that community around us to do that. We don't need friends to go hang out with. We need men alongside of us that are going to support us, encourage us, guide us, and then we can go have fun around them and enjoy it. But first and foremost, we need those guardrails in place. We need that support system in place, which is why it's so crucial that you're doing what you're doing by, you know, running that school for, for martial arts. I mean, it, it is giving kids the foundation from a very early age and a framework to then go live the rest of their life and whatever they may do, because they may not be the, I'm just going to say the funny thing, but like a Kung Fu master one day, you know, or an MMA star or whatever, but they're going to be able to utilize that for everything else they do. So I just think that that's just so, so fantastic. Yeah. You know, the goal is to, is to help populate the world with really decent, good human beings, mm -hmm. whether they walk with Christ or they don't. You know, I mean, you still know what right and wrong is overall. We, you know, to be completely honest, when my dad said, you don't, if you're not getting any home, you're entitled to get it wherever you want. Like, I knew that was wrong. It's not like he had um, unbridled sway with me. You know what I mean? It's not like, mm -hmm. it's not like I didn't hear stupid things and realize they were stupid things that came out of his mouth. However, in spite of me knowing that was wrong, in spite of, you know, the day I found condoms in his desk at work mm. and a minute or two later, I'm like, wait, mom had a hysterectomy four years ago. 
right? Like I was outraged, I, but I had no one to talk to. This is another good thing. Like if we don't have somebody to unpack some of this craziness that we experience in life or some of the craziness that's just in our heads, like, you know, we, I don't need everybody knowing what I think because like it, none of it doesn't always make sense. Yeah. So it's just there. Satan, I'm misinformed, whatever. Um, but I had no one to talk to about that. And that like gutted me. Mm. I didn't feel like there was anybody I talked to. Cause if I went to any of my aunts or uncles, my dad's brothers and sisters, I, in my mind, it was going to end badly for me. My dad literally was twice my size. I, I was 140 pounds. He was 280 or better. He would kill me. And he had proven in the past that he was uh, willing to hurt me physically. He had no problem pounding on me. But I, I felt so alone when I had that realization and I had no one to talk to. And I specifically was looking at my uncles, but I felt like I can't because if I go and talk to them, it's going to get back to my dad. My dad's going to kill me when he finds out. Mm. Um, so that was number one. But the other part of this was in spite of me knowing all of these things were wrong at one point or another, I was able over time to beat my conscience into submission. Mm. I was able to tell myself, well, maybe he's not wrong. Like knowing it's wrong. And yet I could, and over time I talked myself into it because I didn't want to believe my dad was wrong. I didn't want to believe he would tell me something that was inherently bad or harmful to me, but he did. And because I couldn't reconcile the two that my dad would teach me bad things. I did not turn away from his information and yeah. seek better information, I, you know, for whatever reason, young, weak, fear. But yeah, I beat my conscience into submission over time. Mm. God, so good. Okay. So as we're landing this plane, uh, maybe then my question for you is um, there are guys out there right now that are, um, let, let's use that last term. They, they have beat their own conscience into submission. They have justified that they have reasons to do what they're doing, that it's not really as bad as somebody, as you're saying it is. Um, so what, what's one piece of wisdom that you could give to them to maybe help provoke them to think a little bit differently? Um, can I give another experience real quick? Absolutely. Okay. The, absolutely. One of the lowest points in my life. Um, somebody came to me and said they were attracted to me. Okay. She was an employee. She was an instructor. She was a student. Um, she had been engaged to my lead instructor for a couple of years, but she had broken it off. And um, I was 15 years older. So as soon as she said it in my head, I'm like, so like I could almost see a laundry list of this is a reason not to, this is the reason not to, this is the reason not to, this is the reason not to. 
instantly. I instantly knew this was bad. The second thing in my mind was what the F, why not? And that grew into 20 years of pain. And I'm talking severe pain, severe, and I'm talking tragedy, tragedy for my son, for our lives. And so I would caution when you know something's wrong and, you, and you're about to tell yourself, you know, what the F, why not? You're going to find out why not. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow, but you are going to find out. And almost this isn't really worse but so will the rest of the world. And it was devastating to me when my my secret sin activity was found out. Mm. I lost seven employees in one day, four full-timers, three part-timers. Wow. When that secret was found out (laughs) because they all, they all felt betrayed Mm -hmm. and they were because I did it. Yeah. And how long ago was that? That was 20 years ago. Wow. Well, I think through this short conversation and obviously, you know, we spoke for minutes, you know, before, uh, before we got to record this, I think one thing that is uh, wonderfully telling is that you've taken a lot of bad decisions you've taken a lot of uh, poor information that was fed to you and you've made something of it. Um, None of us are free from bad decisions, um, taking bad guidance and going and acting on it. I think one of the things, and I think this is part of back to what you said in the very beginning about what defines manhood and being a man is that's chaotic. That's chaos. And, and one of the telltale signs of the man that you have become and are continuing to strive to be is that you have created order in your life to say that that's not who you want to be, that you've chosen the decisions that you want to make moving forward, and you're going to go make them. And you're going to influence other young men and women uh, to, to live similar lives for themselves, not because you're the example, but because you can give them a guidance to, to, to go follow the example that was given to you, which is ultimately the one that Christ called you to. And so I just, I really appreciate that, Mark. I I've, I've learned a lot. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot that just inspires me to continue to strive to be the best that I can be, because even after, you know, 15 years, 16 years, a post coming to faith for me and, uh, and 16 years of rebuilding my marriage and not quite from the degree that you were at, but that we were definitely in a bad spot. I think it's really easy to get to a place where it's like, I'm good now. And, and yet I recognize even listening to you that it requires just continuing to remind myself for good of where I came from, but then also that I have to continue to strive and fight because I mean, I I am at war with myself. I'm at war with the world and I'm at war with, you know, the enemy that is constantly trying to tear me down to not be the man that God has created me to be. So thanks, man. I mean, I appreciate you sharing it all. Uh, I know that there's just a lot uh, that I'm sure people will take away. So thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me again. It's just a great conversation. No, it's awesome. 
And guys, for all you that are out there listening, I mean, especially for you men, if, if you're listening to this and you're like, damn it, like, uh, this was it. This was my moment of being in the shower. And, and I just feel like I'm at the lowest. Um, we'll put Mark's contact information into the show notes. If you feel comfortable and you want to reach out to him or reach out to me, uh, there is no shame. As a matter of fact, there is nothing but respect for the man that is willing to admit whether it's infidelity or, uh, you know, uh, uh, stealing from your company or just not living the life that, you know, you should be living. Like there's, there's no degree degree to which you can't say, Hey, I've had enough. I'm ready to turn and make the most of this. So please reach out. Um, we just want to be there to support you. Thank you for supporting the podcast, for supporting conversations like this. Want to continue to do the best I can to help you become the men that you were created to be until next Next time, talk to you guys soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com slash podcast to begin your journey. And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller, and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.